If you're interested in learning how I launched Zim Excellence, then you're in luck. Sign up for my podcast workshop and learn how it's easier and more affordable than ever to start a podcast. Also, grab yourself a copy of my podcast resource guide, which covers industry terminology, suggested tech setup, in addition to countless free online resources to support your podcast journey. Just head to wongai.com forward slash podcast creation. That's wongai.com forward slash podcast creation. The link will also be down in the show notes. Now, let's start the show. Yeah, welcome to the party. Hello, Makadini Salibonani. My name is Wongai, and you're listening to Zim Excellence, a weekly celebration of Zimbabwe's change makers and trailblazers. So here's the secret, y'all. Zimbabweans are actually dope AF, and it's just time that we recognize it. So grab yourself a plate of sadza and grab that stony ginger beer and let the party begin. Hey y'all, before we get into this episode, quick disclaimer, the podcast is recorded remotely, which means I'm recording in my home and my guest is recording in their home, which means sometimes there may be, you know, little, little, little things. In the case of this episode, towards the end, you may hear some minimal drilling or construction. It is not too distracting, but I'd like to give you a heads up either way. Without a further ado, enjoy the episode. Today, my guest is an entrepreneur, a wife, mom, and founder of Global Kids House, where she publishes children's books and a magazine, elevating and celebrating the diversity of Africa and the African diaspora, centering stories full of humor, drama, and inspiration. I think that she's an absolute inspiration. Please welcome Christine Mapondera Tally. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I am so, so happy to be here. Thank you. I mean, it's such an honor to be a guest on this podcast. I'm excited. Sweet stuff. Okay, so before we get into the juicy details about your amazing books and your upcoming um, kids magazine, so you're a superhero. You're a Zim Excellence superhero. Every superhero <laughs> has their origin story. So I want to find out more about your origin story. So you were born in Zimbabwe, yes? Correct. So I was actually mm-hmm. born in Chinoy. Although I didn't really live much in Chinoy, I was in Mutara Shanga majority of my childhood with my grandparents. Um, and in between, I would be in Harare or in Kwekwe, where my parents actually lived. So, my, you know, my formative years happened with my grandmother in our garden, growing all sorts of veggies. And it was just the best time of my life, really the best. So how did you get to present day where you are now? Christine, the amazing entrepreneur, has a publishing house, lives in Chicago, is a mom to these beautiful kids doing all the fabulous things. You know, you know, I think life just takes you where you are supposed to be. I could have Mm -hmm. never, ever predicted that I would be living here in Chicago, married to this amazing human being and have these two bubbly, happy, spontaneous little people that just keep the ideas flowing. 
And but when I when you look when I look back at all the experiences I had in Muntara, Shanga, in Kweko, in Harare, in in Norton, where I went to high school in Sandringham, it's like there is a, there is a connection there. I was just evolving into who I was supposed to be, right? And and then I look back and I see just the little uh, footprints mm-hmm. that I left that I still, you know, with me today. Wait, so when 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 did you move? Did you move was it for college I, or high school? Yeah, so that was in 1999. I moved for college. My parents thought, you know, it was a great idea for me to come to the US, so and then I end up in Houston, Texas. It was so so humid and hot. I mean, it's like you it's like define hot Houston, Texas. Like I I just didn't even know that what that could be this 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 horrible, but yeah, it, it was. I, I haven't been shocked. yet. Like the most hot <laughs> I've experienced was Beijing, China. That was that was hot. It was like we would have school uniforms and at the end of the day we're like untucking our shirts and you just we uh, see the sweat pouring out. Well, so listen, I left mm-hmm. them July 24. Mm-hmm. And I arrived in Houston, Texas, July 25th, the dead middle of summer. So it's winter in Zim. So I'm wearing my jeans. I'm wearing my cardigan. I mean, like, I'm like in like really comfy. As soon as I walked out of that airport, I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? You were burning. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, my aunt, who I was going to be living with, her um, house, which was a sizable home, it was like a two story home. The air conditioning system died the day I landed. Oh, no. So it took maybe another day and a half before someone could come and fix this. And my goodness, you talk about roasting. That was like a a smack in the face, welcome to America kind of 48 hours. And, And this was your first time in America. Right. My very first time in America. You're just like, welcome. It's hot. And did you... Do you feel that you, there was like any other culture shock that you endured those first That was like the main one. <laughs> that was like, I, people would have culture shock. I had weather shock. Mm-hmm. I would go outside, you know, and stand under the, sh- the, the tree, under the shade and think that I'm going to cool off. And I'm like, nothing's happening. Maybe I need to go back in the building, you know. Yeah, it, it, I, I just couldn't get over it. And I honestly actually never really used sunscreen because at the time Zimbabwean weather wasn't that intense. I know over in the last few years, the patterns have shifted, but I was out a lot, especially the, to go swimming, just to try to cool off. And my skin was so burned by the end of the summer. <laughs> Every time someone asks me what the weather is like in Harare, they're like, oh, is it super hot? I'm like, it's like LA. And I always said that before I ever went to L.A. I just imagined this is what L.A. weather is like. Mm, and then mm. I visited L.A. and I was like, this is literally Harare weather. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good comparison, actually, because I've been to mm-hmm. L.A. a couple of times. And yeah. And so what brought you to Chicago? You know, um, my husband and I, when we got married, uh, we were living in Michigan and we always wanted to be in a larger metropolitan metropolis and so an opportunity came up for him to do some work in Chicago and we we're like well if you're gonna be there for a couple of years we might as well just move there and so it just kind of was perfect timing we're like okay we want to be we want to be away from the small town for a bit and so so here we are and it's been 
seven and a half years since oh, wow. we moved to Chicago. Yeah, my daughter was was six months. She just turned eight. So, so that that's my marker. She just turned eight. Okay, <laughs> since, uh, she was exactly six months old when we moved. So. I love that. It's like, wait, how old are you again? Okay, that's how long we've lived here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so speaking of your kids, so you have these two, well, that I know of. Well, one wonderful book, Makanaka's World, which was inspired by your daughter. Yes. Okay. I, how how did that come about? Did the book come before the publishing house or the publishing house? Like, give us all the the magical details. So yeah, for sure, the book came before the publishing house. And really, what happened was I was just like writing short stories for her. For a little girl going to the playground, a little girl going um, going to sleep or brushing her teeth or, you know, just like stuff to help her just see herself, right? Mm-hmm. And then one day my husband was like, well, are you going to write these books in English? Because they were like just short things in, Sh- in Shauna. I was very like adamant about putting something on paper for mm-hmm. her to see. You've always been a writer. You know, honestly, it's really came out once I had my daughter. Now, I could have had this in me and just didn't really tap into it because, you know, when you're so distracted, when you're trying to do so many other things or trying to survive, some of, some elements of you are suppressed. Mm. But then when you have that room to explore, it just kind of comes out. And it seems like it's coming from nowhere, but it's truly not. It was just suppressed because there were more uh, pressing things at that time, right? And so... Within a couple of days of him saying that, I was like, hmm, he kind of has a point, you know, because he was like, well, you know, other families may want this because there's really like a huge lack of diverse books. And I pretty much knew that because I stopped by a Barnes & Noble frequently and I saw the offerings and I thought, okay, let's just like go into research mode. And I'm like, this character, if it's going to be compelling, if people are going to fall in love with this character, who is she? Where is she going? What is she even doing? And so, yeah. And then I was like, okay, I need to like figure out how to start this company. What's, what's needed? Because this was a whole new venture. But one thing about me is that I love to build things. I love coming, coming up with a team. And I had learned that you can't succeed alone. And so mm. I just like, just looked for people that were just in love with what they do that would complement my vision. And so that's that's how I got Global Kids House to be where it is right now. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you have a message you want to share with the world or you think, ooh, it could be fun to have my own talk show like one guy, Getting started is easier than ever. Here at Zim Excellence, we use Buzzsprout, which is hands down the easiest, most affordable, and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Start for free and list your show on directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping and teaching you to succeed. Just check out their YouTube videos. They are filled with tons of information. 
So join over a hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Sign up today using the link in the show notes, or go to wongai dot com forward slash podcast creation, and you'll get a twenty dollar credit if you sign up for a paid plan. It also helps support the show. So go ahead, sign up for Buzzsprout, and keep me posted on your new podcast. Now back to the show. I think what you're doing is absolutely revolutionary, and it actually makes me emotional as someone who grew up in different countries. I see myself as a third culture kid and a global citizen, most definitely. But if I had the books and the resources that you are currently creating and promoting and just helping produce. Like I can't imagine what my life would be like now to have that representation and to be able to see the representation of Africa and the African countries in the way that you're doing. Like I noticed, you, you do this really cool thing on your Instagram page, and you and your children sit down and you do all these fun crafts and activities to just like. Promote learning about African countries, and I think that is like the dopest thing I've ever heard of. It's so inspiring、oh、and so、Thank、revolutionary,、you. and just seeing、wow. it. Like I saw it for like I I saw a couple episodes, but the first one I saw was the painting of the African continent because again, Africa is a continent, not a、right. country. <laughs> We have to remind them. <laughs> Clarify that one more time. <laughs> Africa. Is a continent. Thank you for listening. So they were they were painting the countries on the continent, and instantly I just had this vision, and I was like, "Yo, Christine, this could easily translate as one of those BBC shows that I grew up watching. I grew up watching like、oh、Blue、gosh. Peter. I don't know if you've ever seen Blue Peter, but、mm-hmm. they would have you do different." Like scout related activities and things, and they'd be like, "Today we're gonna learn this," and then afterwards they'd be like, "And here's one we made earlier." And it always really annoyed me to be like, "Why did you make one earlier? I'm trying to make it now. I'm only five. I don't know how this goes." But yeah, it's just so great to see black children and African children so enamored and empowered to learn about their culture. Ah、oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I, you know, it's really been an idea that's been sitting in my mind for a while, and I was trying to like figure out exactly. You know, video is not my my specialty, right?、Mm-hmm. So I was like, but I really want to share this somehow, and I'm like, you know what? I'll just start, and I'm I'm going to figure out how to make it better over time. I'm the first two episodes maybe just so so, maybe the fifth one will be. Better and better. So we've just done just maybe three episodes so far, and it's allowing me a chance to like look back and see. Okay, this went better for this reason, but then this area could be improved in this way, or the angulation, or whatever. So you know, there are different things that I'm playing around with, but I do love using crafts because children love crafts. My kids especially love crafts. I always have. I love、feet. crafts. I want. I、right? want to join、it's, in and play. It's so much. I was like,、fun. why didn't I not know this was happening? <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it's so important, and I love that. 
especially my daughter, because she's older, she's able to articulate what she's thinking. She really embraces the idea of being a person of African descent. And I mean, she thinks of herself as a Zimbabwean. Okay. That's she even, I remember when we used to ask her where she was born, she would say, I was born in Zimbabwe. Now, mine, even though she was not born there, she had this connection to her mother's country, which what made me feel so good. You know, it's like, okay, this is great. And but you know what, one guy, you and I really are in this but unique position to to bring forth things that we know matter when it comes to passing identity. Yeah. Because it's it, you know it, it's really important to be seen. I when I was younger, I think I was probably about fourteen. I remember seeing a cartoon, and the 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 characters were speaking in Shona, and I was just like stunned. I'm like, wait, what's happening? They are talking the way I talk. How? Wait, what was this when? cartoon? What? I, it literally only came on one time. That one day, I never saw it again. And I would turn on the television every day waiting for, but never, I don't know, maybe someone was doing an experiment and they just decided not to do it any further. But I was like, man, that was so cool. And they were climbing trees just like I did and speaking in Shona. And I was just like, and I went back to, to boarding school and asked other people they had seen it and nobody had seen it. You know, so I thought, okay, well, I'm not crazy. I know I saw this cartoon and eventually one person it's like, yeah, 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 I saw it too. It was so great. And 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 that has stuck with my in, in my mind how how that felt when I heard those characters playing and speaking in Shauna. That has just stayed with me all these years. I always think about Disney and how the first Disney princess came to be in I believe it was 2009, The Princess and the Frog, Princess Tiana, who, by the way, I'm trying to manifest playing her live action. So just putting it out there. But yes, if it happens, it. it's it's fine because we'll just create another Black Disney princesses because there doesn't just have to be one. Anyway, exactly. before Princess Tiana existed, my two favorite princesses were always Sleeping Beauty because I found it was hilarious when the fairies are like, no, it's pink. No, it's blue. Like that always <laughs> cracks me up. And... The other one was Pocahontas, and my mom always gets on about me like, you used to force me to watch Pocahontas all the time, this, this, this. And I think it was in my tween years, <laughs> obviously I'm still a teenager, but it was in my tween years that it, I finally pieced it together why Pocahontas was always my favorite. I thought she was black mm. because there was this whole thing about like, savages which is mm. awful and mm -hmm. the thing with the corn because zimbabwe is a very, like our staple food is is corn is maize mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this whole thing about the british planting a flag and how the british colonized so it's like mm. oh they're just like they're treating her differently from the other people because she's black like me <laughs> and right, so I, right that was the closest thing i could see myself in with that said i'd like to like kind of know your thoughts, um, struggles, or whatever you have learned being a parent who is raising multilingual and multi multicultural children. 
again, I said, I see myself as the adult version of your children. But mm -hmm. the difference is your children have so many more resources and representation, and it's just so exciting. My gosh. So I think the challenge for me as a Zimbabwean is that, first of all, my husband is not Zimbabwean. So then there that also limits how much information is being passed down because only one person is doing it, at least actively. And... And we're not in Zimbabwe, and we mm. and right now we can't go for who knows how long, right? So because my goal was to at least go every other year and spend as much time as possible, so that they can truly um, get to know their family and get to hear the language more often. Because you know, when you're alone as a parent, you can have moments of fatigue. And you kind of have to work yourself out of it, you know, because you're trying to balance what they need to learn at school and help them with that work and, the, you know, the English language-based studies. But then it's like you have this deep desire to like, hey, like you all need to learn some Shauna. <laughs> and, yeah. and you all need to learn so that I can have someone to talk to. <laughs> I want to I be able to cuss this person out in, in yes. public without them knowing yes. and you right. understand. Yeah. Like we can gossip <laughs> together, but I, I, I can't do it. Like we, you know, so, so anyway, it, it, it is a challenge, but I don't think it's impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm so thrilled that there, I have found people like me that really, really value this and want to pass this down to the next generation and and having the Zim Kids Summer Camp, I mean, the first time that my daughter was part of that, she was just like so excited. By the time this week ended, she wouldn't stop talking about it. And when she sees any printout from the assignments that we did back then, she's like, oh, this is from the Zimbabwe Kids Camp. They had T-shirts that mm -hmm. say Zimbabwe Kids Camp. They love wearing those T-shirts. You know, there's just something uh, endearing about, it's like, just, I don't know, there's an, it's, it's an extended experience mm. in a sense. So, um, so yes, while there may be challenges, there are also some, some bright spots and they're getting brighter, honestly, because now we just recently purchased another book that was written by Zimbabwean that has Shonan Debele in English words. That's an additional thing. Is that Yeva's book? That's Yeva's book. And we I've been reading it getting. too. <laughs> you have it? Yeah. It's, yeah, that's, yeah. You know, and we, we, I'm seeing more and more of that coming up, right? And I, last summer, there was a woman that was even uh, doing Shona lessons. Mm -hmm. And you could, you meet, I think we met once or twice a week. So, you know, so these are things that just were not there even just three years ago, you know? So... I, I'm quite frankly excited and I, I, I think it will get better. But at some point I would definitely go home for like a solid year like with mm. my kids so they can really be a part of everyday life and I can be there with them. And yeah, I think it'll be it'll be crucial for their identity for sure. To catch listeners up to speed. Um, so I 
was a teacher at the Zimbabwe Kids Summer Camp, and yeah. Christine's daughter, Makanaka, of um, Makanaka's World Fame, which we'll get to, was um, one, one of the students at the camp, and it is a cultural camp that was started by Tanya Radzwa Tawengwa, a good friend of ours, and I'll just put more information about that in the show notes. And the other resource that we mentioned was my first Shona and Debele words by Yewe Sibanda, and Yewe is also going to be a guest on this podcast. So you guys will be able to check that out. That will be in the show notes. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you you said that you would love someone to talk to. Both my parents are Zimbabwean, but the first part of my life was in the UK. And my mom tells this funny story about how I we would go into a shop, we would go into Woolworths in London, and I always picked two videotapes. And she said, no, you can only have one. And I would just like yell at her and like have a tantrum. And there was a white Zimbabwean who worked behind the counter and my mom would go up to him and speak to him and Shauna to say, hey, can you put the other stuff away? Just put one videotape and whatever. And I didn't understand Sean at the time. So I just had no idea that they were like, you know, scheming <laughs> behind my back. Like, what, what is this language? What are, what are they talking about? And we left the shop. But I possibly as a child, I could tell something was up. And so then I just like pulled my mom down and I looked through the bags and saw there was only one videotape and cried. And Aww. that is my mom says that's how she knew I knew how to, to count. <laughs> but I, I I did want to say um, it's great that you, you bring up these resources like Zimbabwe Kids Summer Camp and my first Shauna and Debella words, because I was going to ask you how you've been able to cultivate a sense of Zimbabwean community while being outside of Zimbabwe or like not necessarily a, com a community, but also staying in touch with that culture and that heritage. Even for yourself as an adult before you had children. Yeah, you know, for a while when I lived in Michigan, there were actually there was a significant Zimbabwean population. And so I Wait, in Michigan? Felt, yeah, I was Is in, it not cold? Not, it is. <laughs> Look, they've all moved away. At least majority of them. You know, now most people are in Texas. Although some went to Canada, so I think they went to more cold. I don't know how that were that happened. But um, a, a lot of people moved away over the years. But I, for a while, I just like, I had my people around me. It was amazing. It was just like, okay, yeah, if you want to go and have a Sadza party somewhere and, you know, eat your traditional meals, there's no problem. Somebody's got that covered, you know, like you could hop from house number one to two and three, just like have potlucks all day. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fun. Yeah, but, you know, as people, you know, careers change and people get married and life takes them with, you know, people just start to move away. And it, it gets harder when you only see people virtually mm -hmm. and you only see them on Facebook or whatever it is. Um, and so just, you know, keeping small groups that you can even get together with on the phone, like even if it seems like it's a little bit, but it's better than nothing. Right. Before COVID, me and three other friends had formed a pact and we were going to have Sunday dinners at someone's house. We'd rotate Sunday dinners because we actually happened to have uh, kids around the same age. 
And the idea was that we can allow them to hear the language and be around each other as they are learning the language. And we literally got four dinners in and then COVID like started and we're like, oh, okay. I don't, I guess we need to wait and, you know, because we've got to be cautious and all of this stuff. So that was unfortunate because it it was a really great plan. And I, I really felt like, oh my gosh, we're getting somewhere. We're giving our kids a community. Right. And because the first time my daughter went to one of the girls, her name is Carol, we went mm-hmm. to her house and she was sitting with, with Carol's children and they were eating and her kids have also been exposed to Shauna. And so she, they were speaking Shauna and she went over to me and she said, mommy, mommy, they speak Shauna too. They speak Shauna too. And I was like, yes, honey, they do. Yeah. But it was like this moment where she realized, like, I'm not the only one. We are not the only ones. This is so cool. Like, there was just this level of excitement that's just surprised me. I was like, but I shouldn't be surprised because she needed that mm-hmm. sense of community. Yeah. You just reminded me, um, I actually have not thought about this in years, but one of my favorite, I think the favorite thing about my early upbringing was I had this whole community from the High Commission, which I think would now be considered embassy since we left the Commonwealth. Mm. And I just remember we would have these barbecues and be friends with all these kids and my cousins would come and it was just this whole Zimbabwean community. I feel like the thing that was lacking was a lot of us didn't speak Shauna, but it was like, yeah, you're Zimbabwean, I'm Zimbabwean, we're cool. And I was the only black girl in my class so that was the closest to me having black friends it was like during Mm. the summertime and all of this was happening right which is yeah so it it definitely reminded me of that which is interesting so makanaka's world so it's based on your daughter and she goes on adventures all around the world and this first book is an adventure to morocco which is on my bucket list so um adventure to morocco how well, first of all, let me just like quickly uh, describe Makanaka. So she is this girl that uh, is going to different countries to meet her friends and do something fun and unique in that destination. And she she goes there with her best friend, Fari. He's a parrot that transforms into anything. So it's super Which is convenient. so cool. It should be a TV and, series. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That is, Netflix, that is you can goal. book her now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come on, Netflix. I, I wrote I wrote this down in my business plan four years ago that this would be a TV show. So we just have we just you know let's just make it happen. It's happening. Anyway, <laughs> I'm auditioning for one of the speaking roles. Hey, hey, come on now, put it out in the universe. Let's <laughs> receive that. Um, and so Fari transforms into a jet, and that's how they get to their destination. But you know, Makanaka, she's she's like this little uh, adventurous, globe trotting. Uh, well-versed reader and adventure in Morocco. I, I, I personally have a crush on Morocco. So it just kind of felt right to just get that out of the way. I get you. <laughs> like, I get I just, you. I just have a crush on this place and I like research it to death. I mean, I learned so much about Morocco. I had at least two dreams of my, me in Morocco doing something. Mm-hmm. And it was so 
clear. Like I'm, I knew in my dream I was in Morocco. Nobody had to tell me. I knew I was there. What, in one dream, I was giving my husband a tour. I was giving my husband a tour of Morocco it's your second in my home. dream. <laughs> <laughs> We're manifesting this. It's your second that home. Was, you live in was, Chicago. You have a home in Zimbabwe, and you have a home in Morocco. It's fine. Ah, uh, yes. I, I when I woke up, I was like, wait, was I just doing that? I just gave him a tour. <laughs> I love that so, so much. <laughs> and what's what's amazing is that Moroccans that have read the book are, are like, wow, this is so authentic and it's so positive, right? And how how does she capture this level of authenticity without even having been to Morocco? It was just like they just couldn't even like figure that out. And I was like, well, that's major compliment thank you i just want to you know honor our our people in whatever form or shape and so uh, this is my little sprinkling of that uh, but yeah so makanaka i do intend on taking her stories to different countries uh, but mostly african countries i have other places outside africa that i i definitely would want to explore uh, but the next destination is definitely Zimbabwe. That is that I'm I'm in the queue to have the book illustrated because my illustrator is quite busy. So I am the next person in the queue. So Makanaka's uh, story to Zimbabwe is definitely going to start by June of this year. It's going to start. Oh, that is super exciting. When I found out the premise for Maka, for the this series from for Makanaka's world it made me think of is it called the flying school bus what's it called oh the, yeah i think that's the magic the magic, magic school, school bus? bus okay when okay. when when you said that fari can turn into anything and turns into a jet i was like oh, this is making me think of the magic school bus this needs to be a kids show i see it and yeah <laughs> yeah, originally I I had defined him as he transforms into a jet and then mm -hmm. um I revised that to allow the flexibility because who knows 10, 15, 20 years from now, you know, it can be parlayed into something else that involves outer space or the ocean or whatever. So it's like just like leave that door like cracked open a little bit and you know, you never know. I love that. I love children's books like that. I I loved growing up reading stuff like the railway children and the magic carpet and all of that. So it's just super fun. Now, Gogo's Garden is l based on your relationship with your grandmother, which I think is so beautiful. And that's coming later this year. Oh my gosh, Gogo's Garden is you know, when I thought I thought I was like so in love with Makanaka's world and I am, and I couldn't even see myself loving something else and then it happened right mm -hmm. Gogo's garden is like just so so close to my heart because I spent most of my childhood with my grandparents my grandmother is almost like my first mother to be honest even though she didn't you know birth me but that's who I was with since I was a few months old and so we lived in this garden we grew everything in this garden and I remember talking to one of my aunts when I was researching and she said, well, you guys, sometimes you'd get up in the morning and you just go to the garden and you forget to eat breakfast. Like this is how committed we were to our garden and just like 
nothing else mattered. Life was good as long as we were in this garden. Just like it's all good. And um, but then I also I I enjoyed writing it because I was able to add some really funny, silly things in the story. You know, like that are not necessarily realistic, but they're relatable, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, so I so I added some sugar and spice in there with like. Things about snakes and, you know, other creatures that may show up in the garden because really there were snakes in that particular part of the country. Now, they didn't show up. They didn't always show up in the garden, but I had encounters (laughs) with snakes that were not exactly pleasant. And so so I threw that in there and I found some really unexpected funny moments to uh, add in there and it just made the story more than I expected and I um, yeah I'm looking forward to sharing that especially with Gogo because um, I don't know that she had even imagined uh, herself in a story in this in this way so it's it's going to be amazing you you get to memorialize her in print which is just so powerful yeah now you can share her magic and the Ashana words in the story, right? So that's the other thing. Like the Adventure in Morocco book, they are Arabic words that are in the story. And so Gogo's Garden is the same way. They are Shona words in this book. And I did not make it a point to explain what they mean because really the context of the story should help you understand what I'm communicating. Like it's not that complicated, but I was like, we're just going to put these Shona words and people are just going to stretch their their brains a little, their imagination. And, you know, it's all good. We do it all the time when we read st- uh, Spanish-infused text. It's no different. That's so awesome. So Passport Kids magazine. No, it's called Passport Africa. I apologize. Passport Africa. So Passport Africa, this actually came about as initially as a newsletter I was going to put together for elementary kids. And then over the months, it morphed into maybe it needs to be a magazine. But I didn't really want to do a magazine. That sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) I was like, wait, I want to do a podcast? Damn it. (laughs) I've got work to do. (laughs) Will it be good? But Mm -hmm. then... I had to go back to the reason why I wanted to do Passport Africa to begin with, even though it wasn't a magazine, but it was in a format that was forever changing, right? Because when you have a newsletter, it's not the same every time you put it out, every whether it's every week or every, every two weeks. So really, I knew I had to do it because it's something that had been sitting in my mind for probably, I don't know, a year, two years or so, but I just hadn't figured out how to put it out to the world. And then I, my first thought was a newsletter, but then maybe it was always supposed to be a magazine, right? So I, I just said, okay, go for it. And I, I, interestingly enough, one of my editors has a very strong uh, magazine publishing background. And I actually totally forgot about it until I was just sharing with her some of my struggles. She was like, well, you know, you can do this, you can do that, you can do that. I'm like, wait a minute, why didn't I call you again to ask you? (laughs) (laughs) But you see how the universe has a way of just like 
giving you the resources you need before you even know you needed them. Because me and her have known each other for some time. I even hosted a Zoom uh, webinar Mm-hmm. with her as my guest to educate other people on how to enter the magazine space. Like, how does my brain forget <laughs> these things? I don't even know. But never mind. I, 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 I have her, you know, email, phone number, house address, and she's more than willing to assist, guide, and so forth. So, so definitely there, there are many more moving parts to creating a magazine. But the idea is to allow kids and families to engage with the continent from from present going backwards, right? Because there is this tendency to put out content that celebrates African kings and queens Mm -hmm. in history. And while that's wonderful, that's not the only aspect of African lives we should be celebrating, because there are people doing amazing things every day, right? There are innovators popping up left and right. Just two years ago, the Global Teacher Prize was awarded to a Kenyan teacher. One million pounds or one million dollars. Oh, wow. it's, a, it's a million. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of money. That, the yes. point is it's a lot of money. <laughs> right? And so, like, stories like that. Like, we need to, like, share these things. I mean, just a few months, maybe like a month ago, um, this Nigerian girl, she got this math prize. She won this, like, math competition. She just knocked out of the park. And it's like, wow, that is so cool. She's, like, 15 years old. Um, You know, so, like, all these stories. But then even the foods that we eat, the musical instruments that are unique to different places, the beater instrument that's, you know, a special thing that we have so much pride about the beater instrument. We just, you know, at least I love watching and listening to people playing beater, right? So, so it's just to be able to engage with African countries in a different way because things are forever changing. But then there are also activities that I will incorporate uh, whether it's like a word word game or a word search or it could be a coloring activity or I don't know, it, anything that will help kids have fun but also learn at the same time. So it's fun with a purpose. I love that so much. Again, these are resources. I wish I had that when I was growing up. I mean, I my parents still did an amazing job um, raising me, but like it just would have made a huge difference, I believe. But then there's so much that we are creating because we see the need. The, the gap. Yeah, the need right. and the gap. And... Yeah. And I think we can still enjoy the results and especially enjoy them knowing that we had we took part in this. We directly affected the existence of the thing. That is something to be proud of. So, What is one thing that you wish more people understood about what you do. It's it's not quick. Being a creative is not an easy thing at all. But for me particularly, there's a layer of, uh, there's another layer that's challenging. It's switching from my creative brain to my CEO brain. Those are those roles don't always like hanging out together. They they just don't and they can 
undo each other, <laughs> you know, if you're not careful, because the CEO brain is, is you, you need to be, you need to be analytical. You need to, you know, you know, organize, you need to create structure. You need to create a, systems. You need to manage people and you need to do quality control. I mean, you got to do all these things and your writing brain is just trying to like explore different ideas, you know, your philosophical, your all these things that you're not necessarily using when you're running a company, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't need it right then. It's <laughs> like, let's nope. put that away for a second. Right. Let's just put that on the shelf for a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that can be a challenge. And, and really I have lots of moments of insecurity, right? When I'm creating this thing and I, and I really believe in it and I really, Thing that people are going to enjoy it but then when it's all over i'm like does this really matter does it mm. even matter you know but then but the thing that brings me back is that that self-belief that because because this thought came not only the thought that came but it is the the amount of energy that's poured into creating the hours are obscene. If I had to count the hours I put into something, I would even tell myself I'm crazy. I would have to do that because I am willing to put all these hours into this thing because I truly believe it matters. I truly mm -hmm. believe it's needed. And I truly believe that it will bring pride to my fellow Zimbabweans, to pride to my family. So. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with spending a hundred hours on the thing because I, I, I just believe you're going to be proud and I'm going to hold on to that faith mm -hmm. that it's going to, it's going to make a difference. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to be proud and you're going to want to share it. And you're going to want this to be a part of your life and a part of other people's lives. I love that. Okay. It's time for a lightning round. <laughs> you okay. ready? <laughs> okay. So first things first, what is your zodiac sign? I'm a, I'm a Capricorn. I am a Gemini. <gasps> My mom is a Gemini. May Gemini <laughs> or June? May. May, my, my mom is a May Gemini. She's um, the 23rd of May. Okay. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Teleport. Yes, that is the best power. <laughs> I'm just like, any other answer, what are you doing? You can travel for free. Okay, what is your, do you have a favorite Zimbabwean childhood snack? Mm-hmm. So I definitely loved the chocolate mint crisp. I don't remember who the company that made it. Maybe it was Nestle, but it was a chocolate mint crisp. It just, you just can't find that kind of flavor anywhere. I don't think I know that. I'll ask about it. it. Slightly sounds familiar, but then also unfamiliar at the same time. And I also like the lunch bar. Oh, lunch. Oh, wait. I, I loved um flake. Mm, the flake yes, chocolate because you can put it in the ice cream. One. Okay. So, Mazoe orange or Mazoe green? <laughs> you know, I never had Mazoe green. I was like, it's yeah, no, really so I guess bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? This stuff has to be bad for you. It can be good. So Mazoe Orange, I guess it is. Um, what is the last book that you read? So I read this like middle grade novel called Ice Cream Summer. It's, it, yes, I, I like reading 
kid, kind of kiddish books. Preteen stories are fun for me. Last show you binged on a streamer, for example, Netflix. Uh, uh, Bridgetone, yeah. <gasps> it's so good. It is just oh so good. I mean, I love Pride and Prejudice, so give me some Pride and Prejudice mixed with Gossip Girl and some black people. I am there. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> also, Shonda. <laughs> Shonda, my dream I know, my dream right? Producer. Like, can't go wrong. <laughs> okay, if you weren't a writer, publisher, mother, all the fabulous things, what do you think you'd be doing? alternate life in an alternate timeline i think i'll be a farmer oh yeah that makes sense Gogo's yeah. garden all the magic oh, is yeah, in the, with true. the i didn't think about that <laughs> <laughs> see the the subconscious mind just just I knows know. <laughs> okay you are zim excellence because actually you have to fill out the sentence so you have to say i am zim excellence because and fill out the blank <sighs> i am zim excellence because i I represent the pride and the legacy of Mapundera, of Chief Kadungure Mapundera. So I live to pass that on. I am Zim Excellence. If you could nominate someone for the award of Zim Excellence, who would it be? Someone alive or does it matter? Um, Let's go with someone living. Like who would, like, in other words, who would you nominate to come on this show? to come on our show because it's not my show it's our show it's It's fubu for the cult for us by us (laughs) (laughs) i told you it's a party (laughs) i love that you know that's a tough one because there are so many amazing people right Mm -hmm. but if i had to pick a person i would have to say my my i would call her my sister-in-law for the sake of not complicating the English language, but this translations. is uh, <laughs> I know the translations are wrong. <laughs> this is the cousin of the brother of the. Wait, I, who are they? <laughs> you call them my nini, and they call you a my. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> anyway, as you were saying, so her name is Gamu Kaseke, and she is this person that is just you know her foresight is is incredible. Her background is in the sciences and she's just so in tune with, I don't even know how to describe her. Like, I'm like, how do I describe this chick? Like, she's just super intelligent and she's just such a forward thinker, you know, like she's just ahead of her time. And and I think sometimes that can create conflict uh, with certain people because they just, they just not at her level. And it can be tough. It can be tough for her. Gamu Kaseke, you have officially been nominated for the award of Zim Excellence by Christine <laughs> Maponderatali. <laughs> okay, so this was really, really fun. As we wrap, I would love it if you could share a message with our listeners, like any message that um, you know you have on your spirit, as well as um, a way that they can continue to follow your journey to continue to follow the journey of global kids house passport africa um whether it's a website instagram twitter all of the wonderful things so my message is that please use your gifts please use your talents because we need them because your talents are going to enable me and wongai and anybody else listening 
to to just excel because you're equipping us with your talents. So please don't allow imposter syndrome to take over, to take hold. I literally am just coming out of a phase of fighting with that thing called imposter syndrome. Don't let it win. You are more than capable. So let's let's continue to show show the world our Zim excellence. You can find me at Global Kids House and Global Kids House. Kids is spelled with a Z, just FYI. So globalkidshouse.com on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's all Global Kids House. Um, yeah, no, please follow, share, and reach out, ask any questions. Just want to say hi, please do that. That was so dope. Thank you so much, Christine. She also has a special offer for our listeners, which I will pop in the show notes. Otherwise, that was our episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Christine. Thank you, Ongai, for having me. Like, I really had a blast. I really did. I'm looking forward to, um, to your future guests and learning from them. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for coming to the party. Majita Tatenda Siabonga. Nah, for real. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Zim Excellence. If you found value from this episode, please share it with a friend and go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. If you send me a screenshot of your review, I'll make sure to give you a shout out on future episodes. Feel free to tag us on Instagram at Zim Excellence Podcast. And if you identify as Zimbabwean, I want to hear your story, so go ahead and email zimexcellencepodcast at gmail.com. Till then, have the best week and stay Zim excellent.